Today's reading is from John 3, 1 through 7. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive the testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to, be, to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Every good story contains a revelation, a moment of truth-telling, a moment where the masks are dropped or the curtain is, reveals what's actually going on, whether it's in great expectations and Pip hiding who he truly is and getting into trouble because of that and then coming to terms with his reality, whether it's Clark Kent Acknowledging that he truly is Superman. Pride and Prejudice, Elizabeth realizes she is actually in love with Mr. Darcy, the person she thinks she most despises. Jean Valjean stands up and says, I am prisoner 24601, and I have been living in hiding all of these years. More recently in the Broadway show, Dear Evan Hansen is about a high school boy who tries to hide his 
anxiety and depression or the lies that he spun to make sure everyone else felt good and gets caught in those and then comes clean. Or more recently in Parasite, for those of you who saw that, a family masquerading as experts until disaster strikes and their true identities are revealed in very gruesome detail. Truth-telling is essential for change. Truth-telling is a mandatory for transformation. And yet we resist it so fiercely because truth is messy, usually, and, well, true. <laughs> and it's vulnerable, and it's things we can't control, and it doesn't fit into our narrative. But it's essential for our healing, for our salvation, for our capacity to forgive and to be forgiven. Let's pray together. Oh God, we confess to you our capacity for self-denial, our resistance to the truth, our struggle to tell our story, and yet you come to us with such gentleness and invitation and grace, and we pray that our defenses would be let down. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Here's a poem by Lem Cisse called Some Things I Like, a Poem to Shout. I like wrecks, I like ex-junkies, I like flunks and ex-flunkies. I like the way the career-less career. I like flat beer. I like people who tell half stories and forget the rest. I like people who make doodles in important written tests. I like being late. I like fate. I like the way teeth grate. I like laceless shoes, cordless blues. I like the one-bar blues. I like buttonless coats and leaky boats. I like rubbish tips and bitten lips. I like yesterday's toast. I like cold tea. I like reality. I like ashtrays. I write and like crap plays. Excuse me. I like curtains that don't quite shut. I like bread knives that don't quite cut. I like rips in blue jeans. I like people who can't say what they mean. I like spiders with no legs, pencils with no lead, ants with no heads, worms that are half dead. I like holes, I like coffee colds, I like creases and neat folds. I like signs that just don't know where they're going. I like angry poems, I like the way you can't pin down the sea. Sea. Lem Sisse was born to an unwed mother who was an immigrant from Ethiopia in England in 1967. His mother, as was the practice then, was taken to a home for unwed mothers and put there until she had her baby. And he was taken away from her and given to foster parents who were told to treat him as if he was their adopted son. And the mother was told that at some point she'd be able to reunite with her son, but was never given that opportunity. So Lem Sisse grew up with this family who told him that his mother was terrible because she had never signed the adoption papers and a mother who was looking for him. And when he was 12 and his 
Adopt foster parents had had three more children, I believe. They decided that the fourth one was a little bit too much. They were very religious. They decided that he had the devil inside of him. They placed him in a children's home, and he was abandoned. From 12 to 17, he was in four children's homes and then incarcerated in a juvenile prison for a small prank that he played. And because no one would look out for him, and no one spoke up for him, and he had no family. He was abused and didn't have any physical touch for all that time. And his work comes out of that experience of being an unclaimed child. I like cold tea. I like reality. I like the way you can't pin down the sea. And this one word that ends, C-S-E-E, doesn't have a question mark after it. It's a period. It's demanded. See reality. Seeing our story is the first step towards healing, towards being born again. John 3 tells this story of this middle-of-the-night encounter with Nicodemus. A Pharisee, is, Nicodemus is a Pharisee, he's someone who knows the law, he has his system in place, and he's trying to put all the pieces together of this man, Jesus, and the reality that he's encountering, and knowing this must be from God, and how does this all fit into the system that I hold? How, what's the formula? What's the dogma here? How can I make all of this work? And Jesus says, look, this is not about the first glance. This is not about even your first birth, your family of origin, the story you've been given. There is something deeper happening here. What I'm inviting you to is an encounter. And if you stay on the surface, that's all you see. The invitation of Jesus was to go deeper into the realm of the Spirit, where God is. Now this text many of us are probably familiar with. I do think it's probably the first verse I ever had to memorize in Sunday school. And we've seen it held up, John 3:16 at football games. And you may know the Tim Tebow legend about 3:16. He ran that many yards or something. And you know, Tim Tebow is a famous Christian athlete. John 3:16 is a text that is supposed to tell us how things work. It's supposed to pin it down for us. And yet, really, this is an incredibly complex and mysterious text. Jesus says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Sounds more like something Gandalf would say in The Lord of the Rings than, than a very clear directive from the Son of God. Jesus says there is something you cannot control or pin down, something outside of a book or a system or even your family of origin or the way you've grown up. Nicodemus doesn't get it at all. Sometimes I don't know if I get it. And yet Jesus says this is a story about God meeting us, meeting the world, changing our stories, meeting us to save us, to love us, to take us into a different space. And the invitation is to allow ourselves to be 
to be carried and, and actually given birth to by God so that we can surrender what we know and what we think we can control, what's on the surface. But this can't happen until we surrender. And the first step is being honest and telling our stories. I love that Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. It's kind of a truth-telling time, isn't it? And, and sometimes even a little more than truth when you wake up in the middle of the night and your defenses are down and you can kind of hear what's your anxiety speaking to you. But the night is a time of asking honest questions. Nicodemus is trying to fit the pieces of his life into this beautiful picture of kinship and grace that Jesus is painting. Sometimes we fear telling the truth or hearing the truth or having hard conversations. We're afraid someone will get hurt or we'll get wounded or it'll be too big for us to handle. I love the recent movie, and you might have picked this up since I mention it maybe every month, but the new movie about Mr. Rogers, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. But the story of this journalist who was trying to bury his anger at his father, who's trying to bury the truth of the story, who can't look his father in the eyes and see his father as a, a fellow human being, as someone who is beloved. And Fred Rogers says to him, if it's human, it's mentionable. And if it's mentionable, it's manageable. And I've been losing that a lot recently. <laughs> if it's human, it's mentionable. And if it's, mentioned, it's mentionable, it's manageable. And I would say Jesus takes it a step further and says not only is it mention, mentionable and manageable, it's transformable. That God can take the stories of our lives and as we lift them into the realm of God's love, something new becomes possible. When we realize that the biggest reality is not fear, not rules, not propriety, not control, but love and grace. And that's where our messy stories are met. Forgiveness, as we're talking about during this Lent season, requires truth-telling. Forgiving is not forgetting. To forgive someone actually adds gravity to the way that they have hurt me. Because rather than dismissing it, I have to name it. True forgiveness requires us to tell our story, to own our wounding, to name the offense. And in so doing, we're invited to get larger, to see what God can do with something that seems irredeemable, to unhook our joy from the wrong doing of another and allow it to be reside, res, allow it to reside in the presence and love of God. Poet David White says, to forgive is to put oneself in a larger gravitational field of experience than the one that first seemed to hurt us. We reimagine ourselves in the light of our maturity and we reimagine the past in the light of our new identity. We allow ourselves to be gifted by a story larger than the story that first hurt us and left us bereft. Do you hear the echoes of Jesus' invitation to Nicodemus here? There's a bigger story to enter into. Being born again is an invitation to see differently, to not have to hold it together or hide the mess, but to tell the truth and in so telling, 
to see our stories and our very selves reimagined by God. A God who did not come to condemn, but to lift and heal and make our lives bigger than our hurt so that we can be forgiven, forgiving, and free. Amen.